0: Hello there, we're back, a few days away, Just one of us has been taking time off to go skiing. I won't say who that is, but by virtue of the fact I live in Florida, you may be able to work out the answer.
1: Welcome to the Selling on eBay radio show. We're here to save you money, to increase your sales, and to have fun. The lines are open for your calls and texts. 1-833-EBAY. Seven twenty-three. That's 1-833-322-9723. This is Fake Announcer Guy saying, here's Philip and Sherry. So it's
0: uh, Philip Jackson and Sherry Smith, your hosts for the Selling on eBay radio show, a program that's about trying to make your eBay business more fun and maybe maybe more profitable and hopefully not too much uh, extra confusion although sometimes we do get stuck on that as well Uh, you can uh, be part of the show you can call us or text us 833 ebay 723 is the number let me introduce my co-host sherry smith a um Full-time eBay seller based uh, over in Colorado. She runs a consignment business. Lots of teenagers working in the basement as we speak, uh, getting her goods out the door. That's how uh, we keep the fun going. There you go. And uh, I was going to say she's going skiing, but you probably worked that out already.
2: Yes, we've had plenty of snow. Philip went full-time on eBay over 12 years ago, and he lives in the swamps of Florida, which are actually quite beautiful with that dock not far from his back door. His nearest neighbors are the alligators, and he has never seen Star Wars nor sent an emoji. This Correct. is a great setting for a horror film. <laughs> Who is this man? He must have been the lone survivor.
0: There you go, from a from a foregone for era. Okay, uh, and uh, if you want to get in touch or find out more about us, we'll uh, uh, we'll leave you to do that on your own. Steam. Uh, the website address is cell 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 dot online. That's sell cell dot online. And coming up in this week's edition of the program, we have lots of shipping
2: rate changes have just taken effect we'll yes. talk about that yes.
0: uh, what used to be cheap is now expensive and vice versa i feel <laughs> so that's going to be confusing and uh, stand by, we are getting rumblings of a winter seller update coming in the next few days uh, so is that going to be good news or bad news we'll try and uh, we'll try and find out about that
2: And how do you archive listings for reuse months or maybe years
0: later? Mm, Tricky one, that one. And uh, Sherry's uh, still trying to figure out how to uh, factor in the actual cost of shipping to her listings without pulling her hair out and going insane. We'll find out how she's getting on with that particular project.
2: And our first six eBay predictions for 2023.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. And, uh, of course, your content, too, if you want to take part. Maybe there's something that you want to talk about or um, suggest that we cover. We can do that. That's a simple case of calling us, text or voicemail to 833-EBAY-723. Uh, and with that, on we go with the eBay news.
2: Yes, regional rate boxes are now gone, so switching to cubic is best is the best replacement. You could if you use a regional rate box, they'll just base it on the cubic dimensions and weight and zones. and UPS is just really looking more and more attractive and important as an alternative for certain size and weights. Although keep an eye on it when you, decide whether you're using usps or ups check out what it's going to cost somebody let's say on the east coast if you're in colorado or the west coast um, and make sure what they're going to be quoted because you might be surprised
0: i i Uh, I, as a frequent buyer because my business model is a ebay arbitrage deal where i buy on ebay low and i sell on ebay high it is just amazing how many people just put Priority Mail down for like a th- 10, 12 pound package. Oh, my gosh. And, you know, it looks great to them. But when I try and buy it and I'm the other side of the country, it's quoting the shipping at 38 $40 or something. And that just puts me off. And there's only so many people I can find the energy to email and try and correct the way they do stuff. I just don't buy it.
2: Yeah, so- I have a rule. That if it weighs more than three pounds or it's more than 12 by 12 by 12 inches, just do UPS ground as the first option. And I think that's more important than ever because I'm just seeing where priority mail for one pound is $9.67 just for a pound to the East Coast, for example, Mm -hmm. from Colorado.
0: Now, uh, the interesting thing with the the regional rate boxes is that the the recommended solution, as you said, is to go to cubic pricing, but that is not currently something that eBay offers. So it's either a case of pay more or go off eBay and buy the label elsewhere. So that's one for you to uh, ponder on. If you have a solution, feel free to get in touch and tell us how you'll crack that one. Uh, yeah. Also, yes, you said you'd looked at the uh, increased rates. Any other noticeable changes? Because the uh, regular sort of annual yes. price change from USPS has come through about the same time, right?
2: A huge glaring and crazy one popped out at me yesterday because uh, one of my listers for a polo top Mm. had just put a pound for the weight and had selected USPS first class shipping. So when I went to ship it yesterday, I noticed that eBay was quoting $12 and 55 cents. That's what they charged the buyer for first class shipping and shipping it to them, Priority, non-flat rate was nine sixty-seven, But if you put it in a padded flat rate envelope, it's $8.30. So the glaring thing is First Class is a slower service. Your buyer will be given an estimate that takes longer to get to them. And it's charging them almost $3 more than Priority without flat rate. And is charging them four dollars more, more than four dollars more for priority in a flat rate.
0: And we so spoke about this, this quite a while ago, and it was you you raised it, and we eventually figured out what was going on because what happened was that you were setting up your listings as being for first class mail, thinking this is going to look nice and attractive to the buyer. But the reality was that the buyer was being billed by eBay for priority mail. And we were trying to work out why they were doing that. And I think with a bit of experimentation, we discovered that if you have something that's between 13 and 16 ounces, eBay will allow you to list it as a first-class package. But when it comes to charging the buyer, if it's over 13 ounces – they will they will pro- charge them as a priority mail because what they're doing is setting the pricing along the retail USPS tariff and not the commercial uh, USPS tariff. And in the retail USPS world, first class ends at 13 ounces. So what they're trying to do is, I guess, protect sellers who take an order Let's say at fourteen ounces and march down the post office and try and send it first class and then discover that um they can't they can't get that rate and uh then they complain to eBay that the uh, <laughs> they've been ripped off and that uh, eBay's taken a bunch of money off them.
2: The crazy thing is that this fee this uh cost for first class was more than priority, so they're quoting they're Okay, I have to roll back a little bit here. <laughs> I have it set on eBay for the buyer to be charged retail rates for shipping. Okay. And then I of course pay eBay's discounted rate so I can recoup some of the cost for my packaging supplies. I don't have that set for UPS cuz then it quotes them double the the rate. But with um the post office it's like a dollar 30 or a dollar 50 or something that maybe I make on shipping. However, with the first class set at a pound, I have never seen it be more than ten dollars and something. So with the increased rate change, they were actually, you know, I have to say, they were gonna charge me twelve fifty five. So I don't know what they were gonna charge um the buyer, but it would have been more. So the bottom line is if you're gonna put first class because you want it to be more attractive for the buyer because it's cheaper make sure it's 13 ounces or less on your listing yes and that you don't have it just set at a pound
0: and even even the retail price for 13 ounces is probably still a reasonably okay deal compared That's to like the commercial yeah so you're not going to lose money or lose, not more than a couple of cents by doing that but it certainly allows you to then stay within the the first class uh uh price level for the buyer uh, also in the news, I see that uh, various sellers are reporting that uh, eBay is coming after them for stronger, shall we say, proofs of identity than just uh, the old phone number. And I think this is being triggered by the fact that folks are now asking for payouts to be sent to a debit card, and I don't think it has to be their debit card. Um, and I think from eBay's point of view, this is a potential mm, fraud risk because it's much harder to get that money back if it goes to... Uh, the wrong card so i'm hearing of people being asked for proof of id in the form of i don't know photographs a driving license or maybe a telephone number that's not a voice over ip number or not a google voice number or any of those sort of things that actually ties back to a, a real individual paying a bill so um if you have experience of that and uh, you know let us know how that's been working out for you we'd be interested to hear about that uh, also, Sherry, you went to, uh, and got a bit of inside briefing on what's going on with the new arrangements for shipping to Germany. Yeah.
2: So I think we've most of us have heard about shipping to Germany. You have to be registered with this. Uh, I can't think of the word, but anyway, you have to register with Lucid and follow all of their requirements. So it makes you wonder, well, what happens if I don't block Germany and something sells through eBay and I I ship to Germany? I'm
0: just going to wait and see what happens.
2: Me too. And it turns out that it doesn't look like eBay really has the capacity to monitor everybody at this point. They, they just don't have that bandwidth. So if Germany comes to them and says, you this person is shipping. And it's usually if there's a lot of volume, um, you have to stop them. It's like a cease and desist kind of thing. Then eBay is required to uh, stop them from shipping to Germany anymore without getting registered. But it, it does kind of work like a cease and desist. You just kind of do it until you get stopped and it's probably not gonna happen unless you have a certain volume.
0: And really, I think the law is more about a factory producing millions and millions of widgets and sending them off to Germany and creating a lot of plastic waste and that sort of thing. I I don't think the fact that you and me sending a trinket to Germany is really what the law is designed to to combat against.
2: Okay. So it's almost... it seems like we don't need to do anything at this All right.
0: point so our, our combined strategy it sounds like is just well, keep carry on calm keep calm carry on and, don't block uh, germany and, necessarily and, and see what's... I don't so much to germany since the whole euro crisis to be honest the whole german thing has gone dead on me pre-2008 i'd wake up every morning to an order from germany that's just never come back after the the whole euro business but there we are all right. Uh, and also in the news, uh, well, it's been news, but the current stuff, uh, standby, your eBay 1099k should be with you soon. I think they usually try and get these out by the end of January. So maybe, maybe just in a few days time, you should get that. More importantly, uh, it's a case of looking at the CSV file, this Excel file that they, that you can download that shows exactly how they calculated that and how their calculations may be different from the ones that you've done. Um it's always a bit of a mystery and a surprise as to how that document's gonna look and how the spreadsheet's gonna tally compared to you know your own version. But uh, we will get ours and report back in due courses whether we think they've done the right thing there. Uh, but um, yeah, stand by Any any time in the next few days, they should be issuing those.
2: And a strange happening with Royal Mail. They're, as of January 16th, their post was still on hold. I don't know if it's been resolved since then but due to a ransomware attack. Mm. So, you know, mail is just piling up. They've <laughs> requested shippers to hold outgoing international post. Um, wait, who does this affect the most? Buyers who are there waiting for their items. I item think it's the international sh-
0: outbound from the UK to other countries, okay, more so than incoming. <laughs> I think I have an express mail going in. At the moment. So we'll see how long that takes. I haven't seen any obvious delays as yet, but uh, I don't know. Plus, everyone's in England's on strike at the moment, <laughs> including the posties. So, oh my gosh. Uh, well, With various actions going on. It's a long story. Uh, so if they don't get you on the ransomware, they'll get you on the strike. So um, it could be a bit messy uh, for the next couple of weeks. So just oh, so you know. At least
2: I know what to tell my buyers in case they're not getting their package for yeah, a while. They'll,
0: they'll know about that. All right, so that's uh, strange stuff. Uh, you might ask why they got themselves caught up in that, but that's a whole different radio show. All right. Uh, also, there was an item on a recent uh, community chat on the eBay website, and uh, someone said that in their experience they had had success using, the you know those USPS self-service scan machines that sit in some of the larger post offices where you can uh, trot up with your parcel, and it'll scan the barcode before you pop it in the sort of, bin thing uh to have it accepted and as far as ebay is concerned their view was that was accepted as proof of on-time shipping for the purposes of not getting a late shipment ding i went down to the local post office we had like a three-day post postal holiday weekend the other day uh so i thought that'll be a great time to test this out i don't want to be late with something just to prove a point but i thought i'd go down there during the weekend do the scan and then just see what it reports back on the eBay systems as the acceptance date, because then that'll tell me broadly, I think, whether it works or not. Of course, that was the time when the thing was out of out of order. The machine seemed to have crashed, oh, and the no. whatever version of Windows it's running seemed to be very, very confused. Uh, so that uh, attempt uh, got aborted. So I will try again that in the next uh, few days and see how we get on with that. See if it does show up. It's, well, thank
2: you for braving the post office to experiment for us
0: yes well i was just thinking you know if it works let's say you've got because i've had this before i've come back from a trip and my flight's been massively delayed i thought i was going to get everything out that afternoon before uh before the cutoff and you know flight got diverted i get back at seven eight o'clock at night and it's really hard to get anything out at that point in time to meet that day's cutoff could you throw the stuff in the back of the car scan it all in the post office on the little scan machine in the lobby, put it back in the car, and then figure it out the next day, you know, leave it, give it to the postman or whatever, um, safe in the knowledge that you've already been shown as having had it accepted and therefore avoid a whole bunch of late shipment dings. That was my sort of logic I was going through as to whether this was an interesting project. Um, So... I will try again and and see how it shows up. We did do this experiment before, and <clears throat> the as I recall, the self service scan just shows up as accepted on the eBay site. I think if you go to the USPS site, it has some caveat saying it's yeah it was here, but we're not really counting this as a real scan. Um, so, it but if
2: eBay counts it, we're it's, happy. that's what we care about. Yeah.
0: So it could be a, a get out of jail free card if somehow you miss. You miss a shipping deadline, and there's still time to get down to the post office before midnight, probably Pacific time, uh, to get that scan done, and then do your best to try and sort it out afterwards. But who knows? We will do some experimentation and get back to you. Also,
2: so sales history and order history is now two years. My prayers have been answered. Nah. I, I, You know, I have a client who... Will give me items to sell. And then two years later, within a couple of years, she'll give me, and I'm like, I know I have listed this before and I know I've sold it before. So you can go back two years now. The only thing is that I've tried to relist from that item and that function doesn't seem to work past 90 days. So you can't pull up the
0: original listing content. It'll it'll say you had this transaction, but if you click on the link to open listing, it'll say we've looked everywhere and we can't find it.
2: That's right. It's Uh, not us, it's you. It's not you, it's us.
0: Whatever.
2: (laughs) But we'll talk more about how to keep. And reuse old listing content. Yes, we should do a, that yes. in a moment.
0: And uh, as we mentioned earlier, we don't have a lot of detail. I'm sorry, but the uh, the winter seller update is definitely. I can smell it round the corner. Uh, there's all sorts of things being put in diaries and meetings taking place, and that's usually the way you know what one's coming around the corner because you get you can see activities that that's indicating of a, of a fire burning somewhere that's about to hit us. Uh, I have no idea whether it's going to be good or bad. My guess is that they're so busy running around developing stuff for the. Uh, target categories or the focus categories that everything else has kind of been dropped by the wayside. So my guess is there's nothing too huge, but I could of course be wrong. Let's pick up on the uh, uh, the discussion we just had started a moment ago, and this is about one of the things that the particularly seasonal sellers struggle with is how do I keep my listing content over a period of time that's longer than say 60 or 75 days so I can reuse it in the future without having to redo all that work. Yes. Christmas sellers particularly have this problem because if you – obviously the site will delete it, and they're quite aggressive now about deleting stuff off the site once the 60 days is – I think it's 60 days. Or 90. 60 or
2: 90? No, 90. I can do a relist from 90 days.
0: And I, if you try and save it as a sort of a draft listing – under your account on ebay that gets taken down i think after 75 days from the date you started it so you can't even go in and tickle it up a little bit and then refresh the 75 day counter they will delete their 75 days after you started writing it so anything i think that's really internal to the ebay site is not a very good way of archiving anything and frankly even if they said they were archiving it i think you'd be prudent to keep a copy somewhere else just in case So that, I think, is the the problem. And, you know, I quite often will go back and find myself selling something that I sold maybe five years ago. I went to a lot of trouble to figure out all the specifications and data sheets and stuff, and I would like to pull that back up. I don't want to have to go through that work again. Um, So uh, anyway, how how do you get around this problem? Do you have an archiving system that you use?
2: Um, I actually don't, but I notice that – but I need to. I notice that eBay – as an inventory feature. I don't know who knows about this Mm. or uses it. I feel like not that many people use it, but I'd love to hear from you if you do. Uh, And that would be a great way to save it to your inventory. And I think it's quite simple. It's just something to add to your habits or, or process that you do. So the question is, when do you add it to inventory and how many things do you when, add to inventory? How.
0: And yes, as you say, the maximum number, if it's like 50, well, that's not very helpful. Right. It's 5,000, then, then I'm listening. Um, so This sounds
2: like something I should research.
0: It could be your, your project for now, ne- your homework for next time. Okay, <laughs> I, I would like to do
2: that. How do you do it?
0: Um, Well, I I have a deep distrust of all matters, eBay and systems. Uh, After they wiped out 80% of my photos or whatever it was, I I figured this was a very bad plan to rely on their servers to keep anything for any kind of perpetuity. So I used to use Turbolister, and if you recall, there was an eBay promise they would never kill Turbolister until they replicated the functionality that allowed you to be able to archive your listings on your own computer Securely, and of course, that was a Devin winning promise. So that went the oh, way of no. many Devin promises, and was quietly ignored when the when the bill came in for doing the work that they promised they were going to do. Um, nevertheless, uh, good old Turbo Lister to the rescue. Uh, I still I still use that. I still got a lot of stuff in there. Turbo that, Lister. Yeah. Uh, no, I, don't, I, I can't keep putting stuff in there, but I've got a, I've still got loads of stuff um in there that that oh. I sold years and years and years ago. Uh, that I can access. So what I did was, when Turbo TurboLister died, I was looking for a replacement application. There's a bunch of them out there, and I started off looking at, uh, I think, the six-bit one, which I thought was at $15 a month was a little more than I thought I needed to pay, and struck me as fairly complicated. But then I think they're all fairly complicated.
2: It looked complicated to me. Mm-hmm. I got uh, scared away.
0: Uh, so from I then was bit. driven by price down to WonderLister, which, if you've got, I think, 500. Active listings, the tariff is like $4.99 a month, something like that, which was more like the number I had in mind. So I got involved with that, and after a certain amount of learning curve, I've done pretty well with that. So I like Wonderlister. It's built on a real database. It's one of these things that uses the Microsoft SQL database thingy bob that runs under Windows. So it's a real database. I'm sure you could run queries and pull data out if you're into that sort of thing. And it will keep stuff secure. You can back it up, blah, blah, blah. So that's that's the sort of technical side of things. And what I did was it's quite easy to transfer data from Turbolister to WonderLister. You just export in bulk whatever it is you want to transfer and then import it back in, and it seems to work okay. It might lose the images, but that's not the end of the world. Um, so I did that. I pulled about, I think, the last two years worth of work out of Turbolister because I didn't want to have thousands and thousands of items in there because it kind of gets unwieldy. And I thought two years would cover pretty much most of my relists. And then if there's something that goes farther back than that, I will export a single item and then import that as a single item on individual case basis if I think it's worth the effort. It's not that difficult. Now the interesting point here, and you're probably screaming at the radio going, well, that's all very well, but I can't get back into Turbolister, it's locked me out. Uh, And the problem is that Turbolister, to actually log into it again, it has to access your um, eBay account every now and again to re-authenticate itself as being, I don't know, whatever it does, anyway. So if you're having problems trying to log into Turbolister to be able to access all those datas and export them as, as CSVs, Here's what works for me. No guarantees it's going to work for you, but uh, I, I think it might. Now, the thing to bear in mind is that Turbolister is built on a lot of components that we, the, the Microsoft shipped with Internet Explorer. So that's the key. Mm. To get Turbolister to allow you back in... You fire up Internet Explorer. So bad news if you deleted it because Microsoft said you deleted. You, you can probably still download it, or you can go to an old machine that still has it, and log in to your uh, eBay account with Internet Explorer. Um, once you've, which you can do, you'll get tons of warnings saying Internet Explorer is now deprecated and you have to use Edge and all this other stuff. Ignore all that stuff; it works fine. So get onto Internet Explorer, log into your eBay account. And then try TurboLister again, and TurboLister will then piggyback on the authentication that you set up using Internet Explorer. And at least for me, it allows me to fire up TurboLister, and then I'm golden because I can go back into all those different, you know, archive stuff, and I can pick out something I want to do to duplicate. I highlight it, I say export selected CSV file, and then I import it into WonderLister as a single import. Um, I'm good.
2: Wow, we won't ask you how you discovered this. Just grateful that you don't did. know.
0: Um, uh, I've, uh, people say, well, "What skill do I need to be a good seller on eBay?" The answer, number one answer, I think, is figure out CSV files in Excel because you're going to be using lots of that stuff. Yeah. And here's an example. Um, anyway, so uh, that's how I do it now. Everything going forward, everything is is up in the WonderLister database, and there's a function there to back it up, and then I can. I can email the backup file offsite or into the cloud, whatever I want to do with it, um, uh, and therefore I don't lose that that data. But anyway, uh, it's it's an important thing if you are in the business of selling the same sort of stuff over and over. And as you may have heard before, my general advice is yes, that's a really good thing to do because then you develop expertise and track record and experience, and that begins to ripple through into higher prices if you play the game right. So yes, uh, that's that's handy. Yeah, thank All you. All right, then. So there we go. Uh, if you have a better way of doing it or a different way of doing it, the, the, I guess the challenge is how do you archive stuff securely and then pull it back fairly easily if you need it and find it and that sort of thing. Uh, there's a million different answers, I, I'm sure, but if you have a good way or a good application or a experience using something else, then uh, do let us know. You can get in touch. We've got a website. Uh, that is dot sell, sell, online. Sell, sell, sell.online. Okay. In uh, a minute, uh, we'll talk about uh, predictions for 2023.
1: Okay. So Philip and Sherry clearly aren't experts. Yeah. We need your help. Will you be a guest on the show? Is there something about selling on eBay that you can share? We'd like to have you join us. Contact us. www. sell, sell.online. That's www. Sell, sell, sell.online. Sell. Thank you for being part of the show.
0: Okay, on we go. All right, it's the beginning of the year, and we have fun having a crack at trying to predict what the eBay business is going to be like uh, in, the, uh, in the in the year to come. Maybe at the end of the year, we'll uh, do our usual trick of reviewing who got it right and who got it wrong? We're trying to be as specific as we can. We're going to nail our colours firmly to the mast, and uh, no doubt no, be wrong on most of these accounts. So let's have a look here. Uh, I've got. We're going to do six each. Six things that we think eBay will happen to eBay related to eBay in the next twelve months. Uh, let's see how many we can get right. Okay, number one from me here. I'm going to give you my six, and Sherry's going to give you her six next time. Uh, number one, eBay cash crunch. I think that given that the pandemic has not maintained the Same level of purchase activity as the peak, that eBay still needs to basically buy market share that it lost in its key categories, that it hired a bunch of people when the things were going good, that they are careering towards probably a cash crunch. I think the early signs are there because if you look at the number of hiring vacancies they have in the US, with like 450-something, I think, at the peak, it dropped down to 100 and something. I think we're down to 60 now, although that might be a time of year issue. Um, They've obviously... Turn back the throttle a little bit on that one, uh, but if you look at just about everybody else in the tech sector, whether it be Spotify, I think the other day, Amazon, Google, mm-hmm. you name it, Uncle Tom Cobley and all, they're all sort of basically taking five, six percent out of the management, uh, you know, the general, general staff uh things. so. I'm going to say that I think it would not be surprising at all during 2023 to see maybe a 5% headcount cutback um, within eBay, probably last in first out because that's the way they usually do it. They still have a whole bunch of people called the, is it the EWF, the eBay workforce or, or something like that, which is people that aren't on permanent contracts. My guess is they would also be in the crosshairs of such, a, such an activity. Sorry about that, but that's just, I think... Um, uh, perhaps uh, the way it may go, I think what will happen then is the the non sort of key focus developments will probably get delayed a little bit. So, you know, there were that that multi user account access. I think they call it the MUA yeah. project. There's like ten in theory ten use cases that they're supposed to be developing they promised them all for the first year and they managed to get I think, one out squeaked one past the line i think by the deadline well i think those sort of things that may you know may end up being pushed out indefinitely um also given the cash crunch i would imagine that whatever plans there are to jack up the fees that will accelerate and my guess is that they'll try and find additional stealth ways of arranging the fees without necessarily increasing the sort of official final value fee so an example would be i would not be surprised if the minimum bid on promoted listing standards was up from it used to be one percent now two percent they could jack that to three percent and claim that wasn't a fee increase that was just a the benefit of enhanced visibility that they're putting in blah 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 so standby as always for more fee increases and, and also, again, as part of that, the page layout will further compress the tiny space that's left on the page for the organic search results to make more space for promoted advanced or promoted standard. So there you go. Cash crunch number one. Cash, uh, item number two prediction, eBay open this year will be a hybrid now, the last two were totally virtual, and before that, they were all in person uh, at uh, in, in Las Vegas or other places. 2023, I predict a hybrid event. I think they'll shoot for 8,000 uh, virtual attendees, maybe 2,000 in-person attendees. Whether it is in Vegas as a single event or somewhere else as a single event, or maybe they would split it up into four or five sub events where you go to the nearest one and they kind of connect them all together electronically i don't know if you want to pick i'm going to go with vegas just because i think it's a standard formula they know what they're doing and they might feel that this year it's worth the investment it's not a cheap thing for them to do but um, whether they do that every year going forward who knows um They've the last couple of um, eBay opens. They've gone in a couple of different directions in terms of having sellers present stuff. The 2021 uh, sellers were asked to volunteer and come up with ideas, and then in 2022 they went out and approached sellers. Sherry being a good example, uh, trying to target people that had maybe a, a social media profile already. I think that it's difficult to compare apples to apples because they had different people working behind the scenes kind of prepping the sellers i think the view the view was looking at the feedback that the having the sellers that were talking about content where they really knew uh, they knew a particular uh, subject in depth i think rated better than picking people that were just popular but perhaps had less depth of knowledge about the subject Um, that's kind of based on a couple of conversations, but I haven't seen the figures. So uh, my guess is the drift will be towards back towards a little bit more content-driven rather than trying to pick celebrities. And I thought the presentations with the so-called sort of media, social media people were doing it, were not as strong. But they didn't have the same prep behind the scenes, I don't think, as they had previously, because Audrey Tracy, who was doing that, left. So that was a bit of a hole in their organisation, and she did a lot of work. Um, with the seller presenters that particular year that was 2021 um, to to knock those presentations into shape which they kind of skipped a bit in the the year after. Anyway so eBay opened 2023 10,000 people hybrid event that's my prediction. Prediction number three uh, we kind of talked about it I think international huge push for international because uh, despite the fact they've they've shut down a lot of their overseas operations and uh, sold off a few countries, uh, actually they've now figured out that going international is easy money. Uh, it sweats assets you and skills you already have, and it makes a lot more sense than trying to grow the market and hire new sellers domestically. So this is going to be the push for 2023. Uh, it, it goes straight to the bottom line. The, the heavy lifting is done by Pitney Bowes. So stand by. To be opted into international selling even if that's not in your wheelhouse at the moment um, the emails are going out and i could imagine that very soon that 150 dollars limit for the new ebay international shipping will be lifted way higher um, and it would be quite conceivable they would start targeting they, they know obviously what we sell and what kind of return rates we get and our average selling price and my guess is that folks that have high selling, high ASPs, high average selling price and low return rates will be swiftly uh, in, in, adopted into the uh, the new international system to try and get those guys uh, to get international sales. And obviously, um, they they protect the seller by basically making it look like a, um, a domestic sale with no returns accepted. So who wouldn't want to do that?
2: Yeah, I'm voting for that one. And
0: you, and you uh, Shari, have been... Recipient of such a message fairly recently, I think.
2: Yes, I received a message that I will be
0: included in that. I haven't seen it happen yet. So uh, reasonably safe bet. But also as part of that, now what's also happening is all these countries and uh, places like UK, France and Germany are, are coming up with their own little rules about importing. We talked about Germany earlier. France has got one about um the ability to repair stuff and take it back when it when it hits end of life uk is coming up with their own form of standardization and stuff because that's the European rules will no longer apply, blah, blah, blah. So everybody's now coming up with their own protectionist kind of import rules and um, eBay will come up with fixes for that because they don't want to lose that business. So uh, you will see a shift towards eBay becoming the sender of record for these items and being the sender as far as the documentation is concerned, which is good for you as a seller because that's one thing you don't have to worry about. And the stuff we were talking about in Germany probably won't be an issue in the long run because ebay will just handle that they'll pay a big lump of money and everybody will be, get to ride for free nice. the only thing that i think uh, may come back as a concern is that ebay is now handling will handle the returns for these international items they will not go back to the original seller so you've now got a situation where the returns are coming back to an ebay warehouse being loaded onto pallets and then auctioned off to other people for resale. So you may find that some people start to get concerned, and I'm one of them, that if my returns are now being sold in competition with me, perhaps even using my photos and my listing description, because eBay will steal that in a heartbeat, uh, You know, does that damage my brand? Um, I don't know, we'll tackle that when we get there.
2: Interesting. All
0: right, so that's the international. Let's go back to domestic. This is number four prediction. Domestic shipping. Now, the, the the whole free shipping push on eBay's kind of gone to the back burner now. I don't see it so much from them. You know, they used to say, well, it's the industry standard, everybody's got to do it. If you don't do it, we're going to penalize you. They've kind of gone soft on that. And paid shipping seems to be much more acceptable and certainly more common. But as you were talking about earlier, one of the problems is that actually in real terms, I think the cost of shipping has dropped quite a lot, and particularly UPS with the elimination to eBay sellers of the residential surcharge is now looking to be competitive with, if not better, than um, USPS priority mail, particularly with the regional rate boxes going away. So you've got this huge gap opening up between the paid shipping price on eBay, which most people leave set at the standard carrier's list rate, and the actual cost to the seller, I mean, a factor of two is not uncommon. And I think that's now putting a break on sales. And as I said earlier, oftentimes I see something I want to buy, but I'm not paying $40 for a six-pound package to come to me. And I i just lose interest in trying to negotiate with people, explain to them that this is killing their business. I mean, just to have time. So I think that 2023, eBay's going to tackle this one way or the other. And I think there's a couple of things that might happen. Firstly, they might allow some middle ground. Because right now, when you list an item, you say, I'm going to put the shipping, if it's paid shipping, at the cost to me, or I set it to the retail price quoted by the carrier. There's nothing in between, uh, unless you start adding handling charges. And the reality is that I think a lot of people would want to say, well, yeah, I don't mind charging the the actual cost plus, let's say, 20% plus $2, something like that, some sort of little formula that at least means that you're getting the fees back. Uh, so what's that? Maybe, you know, 10% and um, the cost of a box and some packing material, that, that sort of thing. So if I can break even or close to break even, I'm probably happy. Uh, I don't need to be greedy and try and double it because that's just going to put people off. So that's a middle ground options. And I just think they're going to have to do something like that. Um Otherwise, it's just it's just out of control. From a point of view as a buyer on the platform, it just puts me off, and I don't buy stuff that I would otherwise buy. Now, yeah. it might be the other the other thing they could do, either as or in addition to that, um, is some kind of ranking and best match based upon whether the shipping is reasonable or competitive with other people. They've, they've got the computing capacity now to say, well, I'm Two Thousand Widget. Everybody else is shipping it for ten dollars. If you're asking twenty five. That's that's much less likely to convert. We're going to push you on page five with the results, and not page one. They they can do that if they want to. It's not, I think, uh, explicitly part of the best match ranking algorithm at the moment. Although probably if it's excessive or you have horrible, no, it's not DSRs on in there. But uh, you know they can do some of that. But I think that may become more of a factor, and they may counsel you during the listing process that says, okay, yes, you could charge fifty dollars for a. An envelope but understand this is going to score against you on the on the system so i'd like to see them try and tackle that i think they'll do something uh i also think this whole business about this cubic uh priority mail pricing is going to start to bite them soon if they don't fix that um my guess is they're looking at that and they might offer that and it probably would be selective um probably targeted at the seller the sort of the, the um top rated sellers because they seem to in the past have done slightly better shipping options for guys in that category Um, and uh, those guys might have access to cubic which would then take away the problem of having to go off and buy your move your regional rate box business to a third party shipping provider Uh, they might bring that back in house which i think would be good So that's uh, domestic shipping. That was number four. Uh, Two more to go. Uh, Five uh, listings. We've had the new listing tool in 2023 with varying uh, degrees of reviews from people. A couple of things I'm going to put on on the predictions for 2023. Video. Video will be big. Video will be huge. Uh, video will be in listings uh, in the main listings and the whole thing about uh, you know is live this eBay live will for certain people in certain categories go crazy in 2023 uh, you probably heard us come back from that boss reseller remix in in Las Vegas and when you sit in the room and you see these guys doing it you can see okay just imagine I, if I had 20,000 social media followers I could drive enough people to this event if I had some interesting stuff they'd be bidding against each other and it would create a whole new hype that we don't have right now. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's going to be big. I think you know, your listing room will now be a video studio. You have a little corner with nice lights and a little you know, desk or something. And people will put in money into that. And they will do scheduled listings at certain times when their fans can turn up and see what they have for sale. So listing will be huge. And uh, I think last time we were on, we recommended that you check out a presentation that was being uh, organized by the eBay Chicago meetup group on artificial intelligence in listings, and having seen a demonstration of what the AI machinery can do, it is a total game changer. It, it just—I was hoping to for this uh, edition. Uh, give you a sample but all the ai platforms are maxed out you can apply for an account but they won't they won't give you one so i'm in a wait list when i get that going what i'll do is i'll pick one of sherry's listings i know nothing whatsoever about i will ask the ai bot to write the description i'll read it out and you see if you think it's any good or not because i think you're going to find it is uh, it's pretty impressive i think ai is going to be huge and it's difficult to understand until you see a demonstration of it but when you see a, a an AI bot, you say, create me a listing for 200 words on the Acme 2000 widget, and it comes back with a perfect listing. Just everything you need to know. What it does, it goes off to Wikipedia, it goes off to manufacturer's sites, it goes off to other seller sites, it does all sorts of things and says, this is all the data, this is the way it's presented, these are the points that come up most frequently as the selling points. It can look at reviews, good and bad. And it figures out exactly how to pitch that product. And if you say, "Write me an eighty-character title and give me eight bullet points," it'll do that as well.
2: Wow!
0: And and it looks indistinguishable from a a good, well-informed human, and probably a lot better than a VA in the Philippines doing the same task. And it'll do it in ten seconds. Wow! So, and I'm thinking this is this is a game changer. You know, if I would not be surprised if eBay were to start testing a feature as part of their online listing thing. And this is why they've tried to get everybody onto a common tool because it's much easier for them to add new features and to, to do it as part of interactive online process. Would you like us to suggest your listing body? And you say, yes, sure, no obligation. And it comes back with perfect, perfect listing in like five seconds.
2: Built into eBay,
0: yeah, just part of the flow. Why wouldn't you do that? It's out there. It, can, you know, the, problem, the only problem is all these AI machines are now maxed out because everybody's everybody's gone crazy trying to figure out this is this is like free. I don't need to hire anybody. I can just have, do it automatically. All these people I'm employing, I don't need them anymore.
2: Who who presented this?
0: Um... Show? uh the, the the colder ice guy john i i forget get the guy's name we 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 plugged it on the last edition of the program it was
2: um but he was with ebay
0: no he's uh, like a he has a he's an online seller does a lot of online uh, presentations and talks and things mm. not recorded so you had to be there mm-hmm. uh anyway and, and it was just it was fascinating and it but subject to capacity it it would be to my mind very easy to have it do it now there's a caveat that you have to take responsibility for what it writes and you've got to proofread it mm-hmm. but you know it it was it was scary good it was scary fast and the only question i have is what happens you know what's the doomsday scenario because you've got ai creating content and you've got another ai, AI bot doing my the other guy's listing is now looking at your listing which is created by ai so it's like a snake eating its own tail Um, Mm -hmm. You know, what point do we end up with just garbage going around and around in circles? But anyway, and even if uh, eBay doesn't make that part of the workflow, I think any shop seller is going to be doing that themselves, just cutting and pasting stuff from a window back into their listing. There really isn't any reason not to do it, or at least to to use that as a start point. And and 2023 has been the year when you go, this is a no-brainer. I'm going to do this all the time. So video Are these and just AI items listings
2: with the barcodes
0: yeah you can just scan a barcode just get it okay get a, so it's
2: if you have a barcode no no
0: anything you just type the title in just type the what it is Acme 2000 widget revision D and it'll go off okay. and it'll find it and it'll figure out what you've got they make it it wrong but it's 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 probably going to have a if it's if it's searchable online it'll find it antique cuckoo clock nah, less so okay but even so it'll probably come up with a pretty good you know what's not to love about a you know cuckoo that comes out of a clock every hour, and you know y- y- it'll find stuff, even if it just and it may not quite match the one you have, but it's going to do a pretty good job. Okay. And just cut the bit be out. An idea you
2: from one of my. So
0: that, well, our little challenge is to try and do a better job of to being you than you. I thought we'd do that as a segment on a, on a show, and as soon as I can get onto the machinery. Anyway, getting us off topic here, but that's that's listing. So video and AI, and lastly, just for grins, uh, where are you going to go with the uh, the cyber stalking case against eBay? My money is on an out of court settlement uh, by the Steiners. Now they're going to have to, in the process now of rewriting their complaint, but because there weren't uh, criminal um, trials, I don't think there's a lot more information for them to work with. I think all the juicy information is sitting in a safe in the offices of eBay's attorneys. They're not going to get access to that. I don't think they've got – it's thick enough for them to get it to trial. I don't think the Sea level people are going to be in the dock or depositioned. I think it's going to be an out-of-court settlement, and I think that you're looking at single-figure millions, let's say, in the 5 to 10 range. Not that that'll become public knowledge, but usually you kind of get a steer as to where it ended up. So Steiner's get between 5 and 10 million out-of-court settlement, mainly funded by eBay. Uh, that's my prediction under number six all right so there you go i tried to be specific
2: thank you you were very specific i hope you know that mine will not be as
0: well you've got, got a week to work it up.
2: described i'll probably have one sentence answers for you on my prediction not
0: acceptable <laughs> repeat go back
2: i just have a different brain but yeah i i feel that you've told this future in such detail that if you're right we're going to revisit you know the whole not seeing Star Wars thing, living out in the swamps, kind of, you know, like if if you're from
0: another planet, not just another <laughs> country. All right. OK, uh, to wrap things up, let's look at uh, what's going on this week. Sherry's mic seems to have died on us. I'll do this then. Okay, we've got uh, the new supplies coupon uh, coming up. Uh, if you want to go buy some more boxes or whatever, uh, that's uh, now available to you. Uh, also, uh, if you're in the Orlando area, please do uh, join us. We're having a, a meetup for uh, eBay sellers. Uh, that's this coming Wednesday. That's the 25th. So if you're a subscriber, maybe you get this in time. And uh, it's taking place at Firebird's Bar & Grill, 5.30, Wednesday 25th in the evening. Look forward to uh, to seeing you there. And uh, like we mentioned earlier, uh, we are expecting the um, winter seller update to come by in the next few days. So stand around for that. Anyway, that's about it for this week's edition of the programme. This is Philip Jackson saying so thanks ever so much indeed for uh, joining us. And don't forget you can find out about us and stay in touch at sellsellsell.online and...